Good morning. Thank you again, Pastor Michael, uh, Pastor Frank. We, um, we're just delighted to be here. We're very grateful for the opportunity that uh, we have to be here this morning, um, to spend time knowing you, and also to have the opportunity to share with you what God has placed in our hearts regarding going back to uh, Monterey and, and, and plant church. This morning, um, before going into details and, and, and sharing uh, some pictures, um, I believe it's important to, to see what the Bible has to say regarding church planting, and um, I think it's also related to the church history class that I guess some, some of you are taking also at this time on Sundays. Um, because it's it's relevant, and and yes, we do we do not see the word or the words church plant or church planting, um, but we do read about the Great Commission, and I believe there is, um, and I I, I I believe with all my heart there is a really close relationship between the Great Commission and church planting, and that's uh, what we see in the pages of Scripture, what we read in the Great Commission, and what we read in the book of Acts. As you know, the book of Acts, it's the narrative of the, of the church, uh, some church, really early church history, the beginning, and how uh, God allowed the believers in the early church to start spreading the gospel all over the world. So there is a huge need for, for church planting, and that's what's in my heart, and that's why I would like to sh- uh, spend the first uh, part of, uh, of this hour just sharing and and inviting you to open Bibles together uh, as we'll uh, start reading some passages. But uh, as an introduction, I, I, um, I think that um, what, we, what we see in the pages of Scripture and what we find there is also the uh, instruction and the model for uh, sharing the gospel. In order to evangelize the world, we need to plant more churches because the goal of making disciples is achieved through the church, to the, through the fellowship, through the edification of the saints, the fellowship that we have. And that's what we're going to be looking at. It's the model that is taught in Scripture. And the, 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 the question is, if this is true, why is it? Why is it that there are so many ideas, so many people coming up with new strategies or new models of how to share the gospel, how to be a missionary, how to share the gospel, how to go to the uh, other part of the world, to close countries and share the gospel, and coming up with different ideas, different, different strategies that, yes, in, in some countries there, there's, there's a need to, uh, to at, 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 from starters, to, to get into the country, and that might require... Um, a certain strategy regarding how to get in, how to get a visa, how to come in. But um, the heart of it is not just to, to go and, you know, go to a hospital and, 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 and show mercy to some people, but what the people really need besides, obviously, some physical needs, but most importantly is the, the truth, the gospel, what, what will bring salvation to their souls. Um, so the question is, why is it that most of our churches or some churches are not involved in church planting. Um, in a way or another, every church 
started as a, as a church plant, right? Every church probably started in a house, probably started with another church sending um, elders, uh, pastors, sending church, sending church planters to specific city, which is the case here in, in Bernie. And the testimony that I hear from, from Pastor Michael Beck, it's just uh, really encouraging to see that, that uh, b- putting aside all these new strategies or new um, ideas that might help bring people to the church, we must be faithful to what the, the Word of God, of God says, what the biblical model is. And the truth is that sometimes we don't see the, the need for church planting. We see lost people and we immediately think, oh, we need to win them for Christ. But church planting is not the, the first thing or the second thing that comes to our mind. We see people uh, or even young people um, spending their time, their money, wasting their, their, their energies in, in things that bring no profit. But... Um, instead of thinking of bringing them to church, or if we are talking about a specific city or location where there are no churches, we're not really thinking about church planting sometimes. And, and this is really important because we don't make the connection between church planting and the Great Commission. And for some, even the term church planting might sound like a in recent invention, like uh, something that is related with an entrepreneur or... Some, something that requires a task that requires more of like marketing skills than really what the Bible has to say. And that should bring some concern to our hearts because uh, we, we, we can be pragmatic with what the Bible teaches us. We, we just cannot allow um, simply thinking about what works, what, what uh, people on social media might be saying about church planting, what what people with many followers in the internet might be thinking or sharing about church planting. So it's in my heart to, to share this morning about the purpose. And like I was saying, just going through um, some passages um, and just seeing the relationship there is and also seeing how instructive, how didactic the Word of God is so that we can understand and also appreciate the wisdom of God and at the same time, uh, see how vain uh, the wisdom of man is, how the efforts that are not really grounded in Scripture are just not as effective eternally. So Matthew 28, 18 through 20, it's very um, uh, popular passage. I think it's probably... We already probably memorized that years back, or we've heard about it. We will hear more about about it this morning, um, later in the service. But um, we're not we're not gonna through a exhaustive ex- exegesis of the passage. But I just want to read it, and if you can also um, re- or pay attention to 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 verses eighteen through twenty. It says, and Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, by baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to follow all that I commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Uh, 
first of all, a couple of observations. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. This is the king of kings talking. This is the, or, or Lord and Savior Jesus Christ talking and commanding the disciples. Go and make disciples. Go and make other disciples of all the nations. We see the Trinity there in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the importance of making disciples and teaching them to follow all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We see an instruction there that is emphatic, that is just direct. We, we, don't, we, we can't go and, and start coming up with different ideas or different approaches. It's basically go make disciples. Baptism is mentioned there, and teaching is also mentioned there. But the teaching of whose words, it, Jesus is very clear, all that I commanded you. So you share that. You help them understand to follow the eternal truths that are found in Scripture. As you know, the Lord Jesus Christ also affirmed the inerrancy, the authority of Scripture. He quoted the prophets. He mentioned the Old Testament. He mentioned the law. So And... Also, later in 2 Timothy 3.16, we understand and we read about that too. The importance of the scripture, the importance of what Jesus taught to the disciples is precious life to us. Just a precious guide. Psalm 119, we, we read about that chapter, obviously a very, very long chapter, but at the same time very precious because it emphasizes and affirms how sweet the word of God is for our lives, how precious it is, how it's a lamp for our lives. And this is what we teach them. This is what we are supposed to teach others, making disciples, baptizing them, and also teaching them about that important uh, truths, about the important truths that we find in Scripture. Acts 1, verse 8, it's also uh, what... Jesus um, talking and commanding. He said to them, uh, verse 7, It is not for you to know times uh, which the Father has fixed by His own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and, sh and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest, parts, the remotest part of the earth. As far as the remotest part of the earth, that's Acts 1, verse 8. Again, we see the nations mentioned in Matthew 28. We, we, we read about the remotest part of the earth mentioned in Acts chapter 1. And that should open our eyes to see the importance of just the world, of understanding that it's not just about us. And the disciples understood this, but they did the hard way. Jerusalem, we see that in chapters 1 through 7 in the book of Acts. If we have this overview of the book of Acts and we see it uh, through the lens of like this verse, we see that the church started and we see that from chapter 1 through 7. Then we see Judea and Samaria from chapters 8 through 12. And then we see the rest of the world from chapter 13 through 28. The Apostle Paul and all the missionary trips. Um, being witness to all these people, right? We read about him being in Athens, in Rome. 
we, we hear about um, the Bereans, we hear, we hear about all these different churches. So Acts 11, verses, verse, verse 19, is the passage that kind of like sets us up for, for, for what we're looking at regarding the, the world. Because in, in, chapter, in chapter 11 of Acts, in verse 19, it says, So then those who were scattered because of the persecution that occurred in connection with Stephen made the way, and they were uh, Antioch, Cyprus, Phoenicia. They were speaking the world to no one except to Jews alone. That's interesting also. But um, I want to emphasize the beginning of verse 19. They were scattered because of the persecution that came. So they were forced, in a way, to start going to the ends of the earth to other people. And that's kind of like the, the narrative that we're going to start reading uh, in the book of Acts about how the Holy Spirit came, they were baptized, they, were, they, they started speaking in different tongues. And if you look at, uh, at the passage and pay, pay attention to that, you will see that people from other countries, from other nations, were hearing them in their native tongues. That was the... Uh, gift of tongues of the New Testament. They were, they were speaking different languages, and they were the people who were around that area. They were hearing them in their language, and they were like, "Wow, this is this. It was a testimony. It was a sign for them. The gospel was um, it, it, it was being accessible to the Gentiles, and this is really important to see because this is the plan of God, as we know, Matthew twenty-eight. Acts 1, going to the remotest part of the earth. So this is important to see, and this is really um, uh, foundational for for our understanding of missions, because we see that the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, makes this, uh, gives this commandment, gives this instruction to the disciples, he emphasizes the importance of going to the world, to sharing the gospel. And he emphasizes even geogra- uh, geographical areas, zones, countries. And we see that becoming uh, a reality uh, from chapter 1 all the way through chapter 28 of the book of Acts. In verse 22 if you can, of the same chapter of Acts 11... We read something that, that must also help us understand the uh, philosophy of how to plant a church. Uh, after we read that they, the believers were scattered because of the persecution, we read in verse 22, The news about them reached the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas off to Antioch. And then when he arrived and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. Verse 24, For he was a, a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and considerable numbers were added to the Lord. And he left for Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch, and for an entire year they met with the church and taught considerable numbers of people, and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Key words there. First, I'll say the importance of Barnabas was sent off. This is done 
by the uh, church in Jerusalem because they were hearing about these reports of Gentiles coming to Christ. So we see a church sending Barnabas to Antioch, and when he arrived, he was witnessing, he was rejoicing, he was encouraging. We see that in verse 23. He was full of the Holy Spirit, who was full of faith, which uh, reminds me of a professor in seminary mentioning how important it is to have faith when church planting, because it's not in the strength of a man. It's not in, by the um, gifts or talents that a man might have. We must depend on the Lord. And it's because it's, it's his desire, it's his will. 25, verse 25, he left for Tarsus to look for Saul. He's looking for uh, a friend, another man that can work with him side by side. We've, he found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for an entire year, this is important, they met with the church and taught. Remember uh, Matthew 28? Make disciples and teach them. They were meeting with the church, and they were teaching the Word of God. And this is the first time when we read about this term, Christians. The disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Disciples, that's another word. Remember Matthew 28? Make disciples. Barnabas and, and Saul were doing this. This is what we see in Acts chapter 11. Key words that remind us about the importance of not trusting in our own efforts, trusting in our own ideas or strategies. We see from the beginning a pattern. Church sending men. And this man, Barnabas, when he was by himself, looking for help, looking for uh, another brother who can be with him. Who, with whom he can work side by side. And they were teaching. They were meeting. They were having fellowship. They were edifying each other. They were looking at the Word of God, reading it together, learning together, growing together. And this was powerful for the people in this place because when they saw their lives, they saw what they were living, what they were doing, they started calling them calling them Christians. This is really, really powerful. This is really um, important for us to see. Um, the Word of God in the life of a believer produces good fruit. And this is evident to society. This is evident for others. We can see that they were uh, shining the light of Christ, the light of the truth, in the midst of this uh, darkness in Antioch, and people were seeing this. Considerable numbers of people were coming to Christ. This is the Word of God, and this is the model that we see of sharing the gospel, of sharing and obeying the Great Commission. Acts chapter 13, just a couple of chapters after we read in verse 2 through 4, while they were serving the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set Barnabas and Saul apart for me for the work to which I have called them. Then when they had fasted, prayed, and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they uh, went down. Uh, and and we, read that, we read how they were going to more, more and more places, to different areas of the world. 
But once again, please pay attention to the emphasis of the Holy Spirit, God leading the church. Which church? Antioch. The church they were at, verses 1, now they were at Antioch in the church that was there, prophets and teachers, and we read about these prophets and teachers. And while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit led them to lay hands on Barnabas and Saul so that they would go and share the gospel to other parts of the world. Once again, the same pattern. It's God. It's in God's hand, heart to, for, for the church to send men. Men who have that, that, that desire in their hearts. Who, most importantly, God has placed that desire, that, the, the urgency of going to share the gospel through um, church planting. Through, through, through um, not man's strategies, but most importantly, understanding how important it is for Christians, for believers to meet and receive instruction, as we just read in Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 14, verses 11, uh, 21 through 23. And after they had preached the gospel to that city and had made a good number of disciples, they returned to Lystra, to Iconium, and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying, it is through many tribulations that we must enter the kingdom of God. When they had appointed elders for them in every church, having prayed with fasting, they entrusted them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Well, the persecution was not um, a light persecution. Verses um, 19 tells us that Jews came from Antioch and they won over the crowds and they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. So that's how bad Paul looked or... Uh, to the eyes of, of this man. But while the disciples stood around him, he got up and entered the city. And once again, this is the heart of a church planter. This is the, the heart of a man who only God can give him strength to do this sort of craziness, if you would like to call it, in the eyes of the world. They stone him. And the disciples were around him looking at the body laying on the ground. He got up and entered the city. The next day he went away with Barnabas to Derby. And then we read about the importance of preaching again. After they had preached the gospel to that city and had many, made many disciples, once again the word disciples is mentioned there. Remember Matthew 28. And what they were doing, it's, it's perfectly, perfectly described in verse 22. They were strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith. What, bring, what can bring strength to a soul, to a believer's heart? Only the Word of God. That's where we go. It's um, 
our, our, our daily food, right? We open the Word of God and we find rest. We find direction. We find instruction. We find what we need to live. The sufficient Word of God. And, and what, what was uh, Paul and the other disciples doing? They were, they were encouraging. They were encouraging other believers in the faith. And, and, and they were aware of the tribulations, right? It is through many tribulations that we must enter the kingdom of God. And he was a perfect example of this. And then please pay attention to verse 23, which is also very important. When they had appointed elders for them in every church, having prayed with fasting, they entrusted them to the Lord in whom they had believed. This is the pattern that we read in the previous chapters. Remember, a church laying hands on other men and sending them. In this case, they are appointing elders, plural, in every church. How important it is to, to see that discipleship, that the Great Commission must be done in God's way. And this is clear in the book of Acts and in the um, passion that Paul heart in his heart, uh, had in his heart. The uh, clear idea that the early church also had about laying hands and also being obedient to, to God. Because we read that about how the uh, Holy Spirit led uh, elders and, and in, in Acts 13 to send Barnabas and Paul. And once again in chapter 14, we see that the, the teaching of the Word of God is producing believers, disciples, the Word of the Holy Spirit in the um, minds and the hearts of all these people. It's just a miracle for them. They are being uh, brought from, from death to life. And, and th there is a need for them to keep growing, right? To keep receiving encouragement through the Word of God. To keep receiving instruction. And what, what does Paul do? He appoints elders in every church. He finds this man that can keep, con that, that are able to continue, that are capable of continuing the work of ins giving instruction, of teaching, of preaching. Most importantly, making disciples. Not in their own strength, but in obedience to the Word of God and also understanding that it is through the preaching of God's Word, through the sharing the gospel with people. They entrusted them to the Lord in whom they had believed. To disciple the nations is to bring them to faith and grow them in their faith through a local, local church. The Great Commission, we know, is not a suggestion. It's not the great suggestion. The Great Commission always involved the planting of churches. From the beginning, we see that pattern. We see that. And the book of Acts, as a seminary professor also mentioned, it's really the book of planting churches, if you see it through this lens of the Great Commission. Tribulations, hard times, difficult periods of moments 
We read that all over the book of Acts as well. But we also see the boldness of people who God raises for his glory. When speaking in Athens and looking at all the idolatry that was there in chapter 17, Paul, Paul doesn't comply to, to try to soften the message, to make them more appealable for, for this uh, people, for this um, Greeks who were seeking. We read in, in 1 Corinthians, like, oh, amazing knowledge and, and signs. He's clear. And this is the boldness that we see from men of God. He shares the gospel. Verse um, 23. For while I was passing through and examining the objects of your worship. Chapter, uh, chapter 17, verse um, 23. He says, I also found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. Therefore, what you worship in ignorance, this I proclaim to you, is very clear. What you worship in ignorance is what I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and all things in it, since he, he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all people life, and breath and all things. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation, that they will seek God if perhaps they might grow for him and find him, though he's not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and exist. And even some of your own poets have said, for we also are his children. Being then the children of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature like God, gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and thought of man. Therefore, having overlooked at the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to man that all people everywhere should repent. Because he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. This is what he preached to religious people right in front of their temples, of, right, right in the, at the moment where we might, well, we could probably think of, oh, maybe Paul wasn't really respectful of the culture of their people, but he wasn't really um, looking to please men or cultures. He knew that these people were going straight to eternal damnation and they needed the gospel. And he's not making the gospel more interesting for them. He's just letting them know that there is one God and we are in, in him. And he has made very clear his power, his wonderful deed, his wonderful works. It's very clear. And he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. 
this is the clear example um, of how God provides gifts, strength, the right words at the right time. And we as believers, we as Christ's church on this earth, must be obedient to the Great Commission. And yes, not everyone, not every one of us might be a church planter. But we can definitely share the gospel to others around us. And instead of um, giving them time to think about it or uh, decide which church, we must understand how important it is to lead them to a biblical church, to bring, bring them not to the most famous church in town, but to a church where the word of God is being preached, where the elders, where the leaders, where the pastors, commitment is to the word of God and not to what is popular among the society. This is the example we read in the, in the book of Acts. Paul, Saul, Barnabas being sent out, being obedient, making disciples, teaching the word, encouraging others. And when the time comes of persecution, being ready for that. But when that passed, standing up again and going back to the city. And when the time comes of witnessing in front of a pagan society, do it with boldness and understanding that this is the God of the Bible. This is the Christ, the living Savior. And he declares to men that all people everywhere should repent. May God give us wisdom, strength, and clarity, understanding of how we must live our lives as a church member and as a believer in our workplace, in our house, in this city. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for the clear testimony we find in Scripture regarding missions and how clear it is to see that churches are vital for the Great Commission. They're not two different things. They're not two different elements. They're, they're, they are tied together, and, and it's, it's just amazing to see your wisdom. Please help us obey, submit, and understand that we do this for your glory. We do this in order to bring glory to your name. We are grateful for the opportunity that you give us because you, give, you have given us your word and we're able to understand it. We're able to have it in our own language. While there are so many people out there who don't have this privilege, please help us grow day by day as a church, as the body of Christ, in order to bring glory to your name.
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In, in the um, 20 minutes that I, that I have left, I'm, I would like to share with you the um, details about the church planting project in, in Monterey. And I think the TV's turned off because I wasn't. So can I turn them on but with this remote? Should I point at one? Or, oh, maybe I turn it off now, right? HDMI 2. The city of Monterey is uh, located in northeast Mexico. And what really encourages me is that it's really close to San Antonio. Um, it's uh, about a five to six hour drive. And not only that, but I know and I talked to Hector last night, uh, and this is just an example. His, his mom was born here, but raised in met the Monterey metropolitan area. His dad was born in Monterey. And that's just an example of many, many people who have come from Monterey to the area of San Antonio. Um, and as a matter of fact, I lived in San Antonio for, for three years, uh, back in 2000, 2001, all the way to 2003 or four, around those years. Um, and, and this is also something that you see when you sometimes go to a shopping mall and you see all these cars and you look at the vehicle plates and they might say Nuevo León. Nuevo León is the state where Monterey is. And even though we don't have, we have a very small portion of um, border with Texas, um, there's still a lot of people who come and visit, especially for, for shopping. And, and this picture right here is the Cerro de la Silla. And it's, uh, it has, it's a mountain that has this, uh, uh, is it sad saddleback? Is that what you used to sit on a horse? So that's why they call it Silla, because it's, it's, it has that, that shape. And there are more pictures. But the city is surrounded by, by mountains. And, and I will talk a little bit more about the city. But um, that's like the natural emblematic um, thing in, in Monterey. And, and this is a little bit about us, uh, my family, uh, my wife, Valeria. She's here uh, this morning also. And our two kids, Gabriel and, and Marianne. Uh, and as Pastor uh, Michael mentioned, I graduated last, uh, last year from, from seminary, um, my MDiv, and I'm currently working on my uh, THM, which is, which is a master in theology. Uh, we moved there in 2016, so we've been in California for, for five years now, and uh, we've been attending Grace Community Church, and, which is our uh, sending church. Um, we were approved as, as missionaries uh, some months ago. And uh, following that, that biblical model that we talk about, uh, we're seeking uh, ordination at Grace Church. That means going through the approval of the elders in order to um, plant, plant a church. So as we, we saw, it's elders or churches planting churches, the, the model that, that we see in um, Scripture. So this is a little bit of, about Monterey and, and the location that I just recently mentioned. Um, it's it's uh, called the City of the Mountains, La Ciudad de las Montañas, because it's surrounded by mountains. And by the way, I mentioned this to Pastor Michael, I think, yesterday, or, um, that 
years ago, Jewish communities, Jewish people started selling in, in Monterey, in part because of that, because of the mountains, reminded them of Jerusalem. So they 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 sell there, and and there are um, in the metropolitan area there are certain cities that um, they have more people. Um, at least you you will see the difference, last names and and also skin color might be um, not as uh, as brown. So so there there are just different um, elements that uh, caught the attention of Jewish and. And uh, we also have flour tortillas, uh, more pop instead of like, well, I mean, we have both, but flour tortillas are really common too. And if you read the Old Testament, you, you will read about flour. You will read about um, goats eating and, and all these uh, different meals that sometimes we have in Monterey. I, I see some resemblance sometimes in the Old Testament, but it's just an interesting fact. Second largest metropolitan area in Mexico, 5.3 million people. And from that total population, we um, estimate that at least 77% are Roman Catholic, just very similar to, to San Antonio, right? 9% um, uh, consider themselves atheist, and the rest, as you can imagine, is so-called evangelicals. And some people even include, like, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons. Um, but um, there, is, there, there is definitely a a need for, for the gospel. Most people do see and understand or at least mention that, oh, yes, I, I fear God, I go to church and all this, but um, uh, mostly just no commitment at all. It's just uh, family tradition. Um, and recently, the, um, the elections passed in, um, in the summer, last summer, so uh, there is a new... Uh, governor coming in, youngest one in the history, I think. He's like 34 years old. His wife is like 26. Um, so uh, the state of Nuevo León is going through this process of like, well, let's see what, what, what comes with that. Uh, it, politics in Mexico is different than the U.S. It's really hard to, to find equals. Um, here it's very clear that Democrats and Republicans... In Mexico, I was also sharing um, Pastor Beck uh, about how it's weird because we have this president who is supposed to be more inclined to the left, but he's, for example, against against masks. He wants to open schools, and that doesn't really make sense if you bring it to the U.S. politics um, scenario or discussion because, like, well, so is he really? So yeah, he's um, just. We're really different, and governors in, in Nuevo León, I, I mentioned this because the governor of Nuevo León is very young now, and he also will seem to be more at, attractive for for young people in all these um, new um, resolutions and ideas that might come up, abortion, LGBT rights, and all that. So it is definitely something to, to worry about. It's a, a prayer request, if I can start sharing those. Um, the, the future of, of Mexico, in, in, in that sense, we, uh, we must su uh, submit to our authorities, um, but also understand that uh, God is in control and look for his um, direction. Um, two of Monterey's universities are really well-known. Um, there's a private university, um, and there's a public university. Both are, like, uh, featured in world rankings, um, Many international students, well, before, obviously, last year and 
and that might start coming back again, but many exchange students come from different parts of the world. So the, the city is well known for, for that, for the universities, for the academic um, institutions, for the exchange students. And that also means that many students from other parts of Mexico come to the city of Monterey to study, and they stay there, and they continue their um, uh, economic life there. So they start working in Monterey because there are also very various um, businesses, and the city is well known for that. As a matter of fact, one of the... Uh, metropolitan cities of Monterey is the wealthiest city in Mexico. Um, uh, so many uh, peop uh, people with a lot of um, money and economic power live in that, in that area. Uh, by the way, that's not the area where we're thinking on planting the church. Uh, um, not, not that part of the city. But um, that, me that also means that the, there's a lot of similarities with, with a U.S. city in that sense. There's a lot of money, there's a lot of love money, a love of materialism, looking after things of this world, looking after um, growing in, 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 in having cars and, 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 and houses and properties. So there's a lot of, a lot of that, a lot of uh, look, seeking after the things of this world because of the same thing. We, we see uh, entrepreneurs and companies growing and growing. The concrete company, Semex, is from Monterey, really well known. Also, um, brewers, so um, also uh, sell in Monterey. They, they, they have a big, big um, organization. They, there are some um, cars, manufacturing plants. Kia, for example, settled in the state of Nuevo León about five, six years ago. So they are now in the area. Um, so there is a lot. Uh, an interesting thing also is that in 1864, the first evangelical church of Mexico was planted in Monterey. But things have changed in terms of the, the kinds of churches and the doctrine that is being taught there. Here are a couple of pictures of Monterey. The, the, um, what, what I've been, been sharing about the economic growth, about the... Um, attractiveness for materialism um, and all of this also is related to church planting, if we can call it this, because many uh, churches of prosperity gospel, uh, even Hillsong churches come, even people uh, uh, from, from that camp start, start, start churches uh, frequently in the city because they're seeking to attract and seeking after that. Precisely, just giving people what they're looking for, what they want to hear, and is, um, for example, also a popular Christian singer started his church like about ten years ago. Started meeting at the convention center. Um, they have downsized, but a lot. Um, but that was about about ten years ago. Hillsong Church started not so many years ago. Um, so there's something in the city that also attracts the eyes of uh, this kind of churches. And you can see some mountains in these pictures. You can see how the city is built, is um, settled in, 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 in a valley. So um, it's humid. The weather is really similar to here. Um, it's hot also. There's the Cerro de la Silla back there. We also have a river walk. 
um, probably uh, inspired uh, after the river walk here. Um, the, in, in, in the left, you see some other parts of the mountains. On the right, that's the stadium, the soccer stadium uh, recently built. There are two teams in the city, and there's a rivalry, as you can imagine, and that's one of the other cities. So it's, it's really a nice picture because it's right. Um, you can see the mountains also there. Um, it's a, a, another picture of, of the city. Um, I believe that's the... Uh, uh, the part of the city what I was called I was uh, talking about really wealth, wealthy area um, you see some nice buildings and offices and private schools hotels and here's, this is downtown that the governor um, is usually or should be I guess <laughs> um, and this is a, a picture of, of, of me with um, people who are part of this um, church plant group that we are meeting with uh, in Zoom on Thursday nights. Uh, this is an opportunity we had to be there uh, in person, obviously. And we have around 15 to 20 people who we're meeting with every Thursday uh, night. Uh, and our goal is just because some of these people we don't know we don't know them in person we haven't met them in person yet so we just know that some of them have reached out to us because they were watching the Grace uh, Church live stream they heard about a, a missionary going to Monterey they they've been watching Pastor John's sermons for a while and then they're like really interested in in just hearing more because there is there is a, a need for for biblical churches and. And some of them have been looking for churches for a long time. Even the, the 2020 pandemic uh, situation also uh, uh, caused some churches to close. And the people started watching live streams. And, and there's a family who reached out to us and, and, and shared their story about how they, the, the church closed. They were watching now sermon, John MacArthur's sermons. And they're like, we can't go back to that kind of church again. We have to understand how important the Bible is. So they were watching and they heard about us. They emailed us. So this group of people who we're meeting with is uh, growing. And um, and this is just also an encouragement to us to see that, that there are people right now, even though we're not there, we haven't started the church yet, but they are uh, um, hungry and they are looking uh, to, to learn more about God's Word. And this has been... Um, just a confirmation again from from God to see the need that there is in our in our city. We're looking to exalt Christ, to equip, equip the saints, to evangelize the lost, um, and that's the priority of of the ministry that we are um, uh, committed to. This is the logo Iglesia Biblica de Monterrey, Monterrey Bible Church, and you see you kind of see the mountains there and the Bible. Um, this is another picture of this place that we are currently currently renting, but I don't think we're gonna stay there. We're currently renting it because there are some. It's really cheap. It's like a hundred dollars a month right now, but it's really small at the same time. And we have those chairs and 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 equipment that have been donated to us, and we're using it as a storage. Um, so this is a place that we uh, visited. This is a picture from maybe three years ago, I think. Um, because since ever since we 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 moved to the seminary, 
um, in a way, we've always seen how God has been leading us back to Monterey, Monterey, and the need that there is. So I uh, also want, uh, would like to share briefly about the opportunities of training men, because as I mentioned, the, the, Monterey is known for being a, academic, a place where academic institutions uh, um, are, and they're, they're not just two, there are more. And interestingly enough, there is a Christian university who is um, also offering accredited programs in under, uh, an undergrad in theology and also a master's in uh, expository preaching. And there is an opportunity to, to also partner with them to be able to train young men uh, for ministry. And they are becoming more close to, uh, to TMS, to TMAI. So uh, that's also really encouraging. And as I said, it's like um, ever since we moved to California, we've seen how God has been leading us back to Monterey through these situations. Uh, a family, m months after we moved, a family came to visit from our city. We didn't know them. We met them in California. Then this university, the university staff, the faculty come and comes and visits uh, TMS in order to, to have a, a close relationship with them. So those are the things that we've seen, how God is not letting us forget about our city and reminding us about the importance of we come from this city. And as a, as a brief testimony, uh, this is a picture of the Zoom group. There was early 2000, 2021. Um, as a brief testimony, uh, just to to end this um, this uh, time, our parents, my wife, were both born and raised in Monterey, and our parents have been looking for churches um, pretty much our entire life. So we're talking about more than twenty years, more than twenty five years, and they've moved from church to church, and that I think can provide an idea of the need there is for biblical churches because um, our parents have moved from church to church, deception after deception, um, um, just uh, sad and sad experiences, and we lived through that as well. So we understand the, the need that there is for, for uh, biblical churches, for sound doctrine, where the sound doctrine is being teach and preached. Um, and this is what's in our heart, what God has put in, in our heart, just to uh, be able to go back. We're looking at January, uh, late December, last week of December, so that God willing, we might be able to start the new year uh, and have our first Sunday service, January 3rd. Um, that's what is in our hearts. And, and we're currently visiting churches, and we got the invitation from, from pastors uh, Michael and, and Frank to be able to share with you what uh, this, because we see San Antonio, we see churches in Texas as uh, just obviously brothers and sisters in Christ, but uh, more importantly, um, elders and, and, and godly men who we can come up with questions, who we can reach, who we are in the same time zone, an hour flight, uh, we can visit each other, and, and we are just uh, really grateful for the opportunity to be here. This is It's like a, like a dream come true, because years ago, we, we, I remember speaking with my wife and, and, and sharing and saying, oh, it would be really nice to be able to meet pastors in Texas, TMS grads in Texas. 
and this is this has been years ago, and this is actually the first time I think about it, and that's why it's um it's 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 in with my heart because we we, we didn't we weren't expecting any of this when we when God brought us to seminary. So the fact of being here and being able to to see you, to have fellowship, to sit under the word of God, and the privilege you have is something that is not it's not in a lot of places in Latin America and especially Mexico. So um, thank you. Thank you for, for this opportunity. Um, and please um, come with us if, if you have any questions. If you have any friends or relatives or neighbors who are from Monterey, we'd love to, to share with you a prayer card, um, get more, give you more information. We're going to stay here also for, for the fellowship meal. We're going to stay here to, to spend time talking about Spanish ministry afterwards. So um, once again, we are grateful to the Lord for this opportunity and grateful for his word that provides what we need for, for living this, this earth. Um, I think we have a 30-minute break. Should I pray? Or would you like? Okay. Let's bow our heads and, and give thanks to our God. Dear God, thank you again for the opportunity that you give us to see the importance of missions. Um, thank you for every family that's here, and thank you for the life of um, the pastors here. I'm grateful for the ministry they have and the blessing there are for, for, for the church. Uh, we pray that you will, continue to, you will continue to bless our time together while we sing, while we fellowship, while we sit under your word and learn and receive instruction. We're grateful, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Gracias.